In the year 2015, the young gentleman from the Bad History Podcast decided to host their first episode of History Hangouts. The topic decided upon would be the American Civil War. Co-host David Medley wrote to his podcast leader, Stephen Kuklik, to arrange the meeting. My dearest Stephen, there comes a time when such distance has certainly given weight to the difficulty of our performances. Not being able to peer across the table into your auburn beard, twinkling in the moonlight, has left my nights sleepless of late. I can only carry on if we consider holding counsel to speak on the behalf of the Civil War. This is a subject most dear to our hearts, and I cannot recommend this distance be maintained during such a pertinent and important topic. This will not only be our first meeting for History Hangouts, but will be our first meeting in quite a long time. This will fill my heart with joy, for I have long kept you in my thoughts, and gazing upon you again would be a delight to this very old podcaster. David Medley, 2015. Shortly after, host Stephen Kuklik replied, Dave, I have longed to feel your guiding presence next to mine in this time of so much hardship. Coming together to record our first episode of History Hangouts would bring my heart joy and revitalize my soul. I've struggled to keep going as of late, for the days have been long and the nights oh so cold. Nothing would bring me more joy than sitting with you, sipping bourbon, and admiring the vast southern sky. The first episode of History Hangouts shall be arranged. Stephen Kuklik, November of 2015. Welcome to the first ever episode of History Hangouts here on the Bad History Podcast. Yes. My name is Dave. My name is Steve. And my name's Steven. Wow. (laughs) My name is Dave Ed. And uh, (laughs) welcome. Welcome, everyone. This is a little different. We're not here to tell stories. Mm -mm. We're not here to argue or accuse Mm-mm. We're here to have a nice conversation. Nice, friendly chat. About the fucking most bloody and brutal conflict the U.S. was ever in, goddammit. The Civil War. Ain't nothing civil about no, it. No, war of northern aggression, damn it. I like calling it the war between the states. The war between the states. Because it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Should it be um, among the states? Or the between, between because it's two sides. The war among the states. Also, yeah. uh, you can't talk about the Civil War in the South. Unless uh, you're drinking bourbon. Some good old bourbon. So I went down to the most expensive liquor store in the most expensive part of town, and I got the most expensive bottle of $11 Kentucky <laughs> Gentleman that I could find. Uh, Kentucky bourbon whiskey, straight from Kentucky since 1879. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pour myself a little bit. Just uh Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good good stuff. Here you go. Steven, I know you like it straight from the bottle. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do. Man. No, it's because I've got another drink in my glass that I'm finishing up right now. Let me get you that. Yeah, thank you. Um, But I'm I'm really excited about this. I know we teased this in episode four. Teased it? We teased it. Teased it a little bit. A little tickle. A little tickle tease. By the way, hmm. what makes this very important and very special is that we are actually together in the same room. Yes, we're sitting right next to each other. Too close if you ask me. Yeah. That's, that's not okay. that's not normal. That's not how this normally goes. Mm-hmm. But um God, you smell like man. I try. <laughs> like the smell of rock and iron <laughs> and, and driftwood and, and tan leather and, and Mm. It's good to see you, Stephen. It's good to see you, man. I'm not even looking at you, and it's good to see you. We're in a really weird 
position because we are sharing one mic. They don't need to fucking hear about all the technical uh, details. Yeah, no, it's okay. But I think I'm a, I'm really excited about this for a few reasons. This is eleven dollar bourbon. Jesus, <laughs> can you taste the eleven dollar? I can taste. Dollar. I can taste that it's not thirty dollars. <laughs> but I think we're recording it on the back of uh, on David's porch, and it's. In the it's middle a, of the night. A nice, calm night. Mm-hmm. And you Got can hear some, the crickets. Some crickets chirping. Some hooty owls. Hootian. Flying down and killing some field some, mice in a fucking... Some neighborhood cats. Brutal shit. It's probably a uh, chupacabra around here somewhere. Probably. Because I do live in the middle Mexico. Of... The middle of, of Guadalajara. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do live in the middle of... Bumfuck nowhere, Charleston. Um, I like to live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, um, because but, then I don't have to see people. I don't like people. Mm-hmm. That's Any- why. You, that's why you're so uncomfortable with me being so close to you. Anyway, but so the way that this episode is going to kind of work out is we hope we hope is going to work out. We 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 barely plan the episodes like the regular episodes. We even planned this one less. Even I less think. in that we walked out and said. Let's do it. Yeah, so, but so I mean, but that's the whole point is it's not going to be sectioned off like the original or the, not the original, but the regular episodes are. It's going to be more free-flowing, more casual, you know, none of us are reading from scripts or anything. None of us are like reading off of notes. We're just going to be talking. The but, further it goes, the drunker we get, the better it gets. Yeah, so, very possible. So, um, but, so, so... We'll go ahead and get started, and um, we'll introduce the topic of the Civil War, and... Whoa. Yeah. You just introduced the topic of the Civil War. I introduced the topic of the Civil War, and I don't know about you, Dave, but growing up in the South, especially South Carolina, especially in Charleston, where Fort Sumter is right in the middle of Charleston Harbor, the Civil War got pushed down my throat from a very early age. Yeah, it's pretty important around these parts to know your Civil War history. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's an important topic in history, but it just it gets repetitive after a while, I think. Um, but, I mean, I guess it's important to the state's history. It's very important to the city's history, which I think is cool. Um, I don't, I mean, I kind of took going to Fort Sumter for granted because I went, I've been so many times Yeah, just toward it. I don't know about you. It's one of those things like New Yorkers don't ever go see the Statue of Liberty. Right, because they see it, you know, they'll see it all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's Fort Sumter. It's just something that you, that we, I would see, I would see all the time. I still, you know, like, and I don't realize that it's there. And, you know, when you tour it, it's like, oh, this is really cool, but I never understood the significance of what it meant to, you know, to American history as a whole. Let me let me say, the Civil War, the American Civil War, was very important in a global perspective because mm-hmm. this was the first real big war that we'd had in a while. Something like uh, one and a half million soldiers died on the Confederate side. A little over two million died on the Union side. And more were injured and were died later because of their injuries. Or in prisons. Mm-hmm. And, 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 like, the scale of this thing was something that we hadn't had in quite a while on a global scale. So we were all... The, the whole world was watching this war yeah. to see how it would go down, how new technologies would be. Trench warfare in the Civil War was really strong. You know, we were uh, mixing up tactics and we had more advanced weaponry and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it really became almost like a performance that would lay the basics not only for war for the next you know epic of the of, of history right. but also like how we dealt with prisons how we dealt with POWs how we dealt with especially uh, medical services um, mm-hmm. especially plastic Ampu- amputation surgery, amputation yeah. plastic surgery and uh, it really became something to behold and to to run to get the newspaper for every day, uh, even if you were in Germany or France, because yeah. this was a big war. This yeah. this was a war that wiped out two percent of the United States population. And um, and and I think on top of that, it's also 
important to realize that this was a total war. Mm. This wasn't this wasn't a war where you were indirectly feeling the effects of if you were a civilian or if you were um you know, I think especially in the south in the in the north you can maybe escape it a little bit more, but in the south it was something that you were dealing with on a daily basis. I mean, uh we know, you know, we know that Sherman's march to the sea he destroyed town after town after town and it, it was a whole it was a total war and in fact um you know the city that i'm currently living in columbia was wiped out and it's it's something that you can still see today if you look at columbia compared to charleston charleston was spared from um sherman's march and if you look at it, it's a very old feeling town because a lot of the architecture is still around from pre Civil War. If you go to Columbia, yeah, Columbia doesn't feel like Charleston. Columbia, at all. Columbia feels like you know it feels new, and there is a lot of very old architecture. Newer, yeah. But it's post Civil War. I mean, there there's some that survived, but for the most part, if you look at pictures of Columbia after the Sherman's March, it's it's just like you see the skeletons of houses and buildings and you see the fucking bones yeah you see the bones and it's like you it's not a city and it's 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 something you know this war affected the country to its core um and i think i talked about this when i talked about napoleon and napoleon was the first person to institute total war and this this was a instance of total war to its fullest and extremist you don't agree with that i mean the the topic of total war uh like how do you define total war man like like uh genghis khan was kind of total war attila the hun was kind of total war you know kind of like but i mean destroyed everything okay well that was also you mean like unlimited campaigning where you just kept going like i mean that's what alexander the the whole thing no it was war that was the whole idea was it wasn't war that that's what that's what total war isn't is continuous campaigning total war is the idea that this you're fighting for the end you're not fighting like before napoleon war occurred and it was understood that it was going to occur again it was almost like this it was almost like a, a stalemate or an armistice. It was like it wasn't a treaty. It was it was anticipated that war was going to keep uh, happening. You mean like kind of like the Hundred Years' War kind of thing. Where yeah, like I mean battle, it, and then you yeah, the war, leave, and then you just knew that there was going to be more fighting eventually. Right, exactly. I mean, like the Hundred Years' War. It's not like World War One or World War Two or the Civil War where there was fighting that occurred every single day for a hundred years. It was it did. That's not the case. It fighting would occur in spurts. But France and Britain were at war for a hundred years. There was declared war for a hundred years, but it wasn't that they fought every single day for that hundred years. Unlike World War One and World War Two, where it was continuous fighting for that whole entire stretch of both of those wars. Same thing with the Civil War. So that's my that's that's my definition of total war is war that is fighting continuously, but it's fighting to an end. It's not fighting under the assumption that fighting would continue. You know that there are, like, total, uh, like, towns that lost, like, their entire male population because of this thing, Mm -hmm. and, uh, these towns just, like, didn't survive. Like, they just couldn't get people to move in, to resettle, to, like, grow the towns, and, like, families ended, you know? Names were dropped from, from the registry, like, they just... So many men and women died in this thing that, like, the whole place is just vanished. The mm-hmm. whole story is just vanished. Like, 2% of the population doesn't sound like a lot, right? So, like, 2% of the population, um, you know, okay, there's 98% left, whatever. Well, let's take, like, the context of America today. I don't know. What do we got, like, 360 million people in America, give or take? I don't know. So 1% of 360 million is 36 million people. Now multiply that by 2. 
That's 72 million people that would die today in the Civil War if the population was the same. Yeah. So take that into perspective. 72 million is greater than the population of Britain, of, of England. It, it's greater than the population of France. That's the whole country gone. Yeah. You know, that that's how big a deal this war was. This was, uh, like they always say, brother against brother, father against son, north versus south. Uh, and, you know, we, we all were trying to find what our identity as Americans was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people died. A lot of people got tortured. You know, one could argue that, like, concentration camps, you know. Yeah, that's kind of, very, very true. Kind of came out of this and, and, mm-hmm. sim- and conflicts around the world that, at similar times. You know, like, we always say that what was done in Germany and uh, Poland was, was the greatest atrocity the world has ever seen but we we neglect to look in our backyard at you know some of the confederate prisons and some of the union prisons how soldiers they were treated go look online at pictures of uh these soldiers once they're released and and you'll see just how like holocaust thin they are you know uh, it's a travesty that this was done to a country did this to itself essentially yeah. you know like in the end when the war was over and the dust settled we were all americans again and we just had to immediately forgive and forget what had just happened you know like right and i mean i think that was that's like one of the um biggest things that came like after the war ended it was this like this dilemma of so what do we do with these people who just declare themselves not Americans? Yeah. Like what do you do with this with this part of America that didn't consider itself American? And Abraham Link Abraham Lincoln had to really t- wrestle with this idea. And not I don't know about you because he well, got fucking yeah. but, shot. But not before he did something about it, you know. And I don't know about you. I think he handled it really well. Can by I, can I confess something to you? Yeah. I think Abraham Lincoln's overrated. What's that? I think Abraham Lincoln, um, I think he was one of the better presidents. No one's going to argue that, like, the Emancipation Proclamation was, like, fucking awesome, and it's, like, one of the yeah. best things we've ever gotten. But anybody in his position would have done that, I think, because, you know, that wasn't his official stance when he became president, and it really wasn't his official stance throughout his presidency, and, um, but I would say that's more of a political, like, a, a, a same way JFK couldn't pass the Civil Rights Amendment, Lincoln had to, I, I, I would, I'm just saying Lincoln wasn't a, wasn't someone who believed in the idea of slavery. I think he's just someone who knew the politics of the time period. I think he saw the writing on the wall when he did the Emancipation Proclamation. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. I think that it wasn't so much self-motivated as a lot of people would like to believe, you know, like... Yeah, it wasn't something that he... He dreamt of as a little boy. Exactly. Yeah, it's something that came with the times. And uh, I think Honest Abe, you know, he was a good president. I think he beat around the bush a little bit with McClellan for way too fucking long. Yeah. Um, I think that he should have seen what was happening during his election and yeah. uh, that would have you know it was very evident what was going to happen i think you know you win the yeah. presidency with something like 36 percent popular vote right well in zero southern state re- support yeah that doesn't look very good yeah especially when you've pretty much got a legislative or legislative economic and and social dichotomy within your country you mm-hmm. know the north and the south yeah i mean it's too it's almost like the way i view the north and the south it's these two uh these two like animals that help each other they're like coexisting animals that you can't like the, the could the north survive without the south Probably, but the South definitely couldn't survive without the North, at least during this time period, because the North was the factories and the North was the, you know, the major cities for the most part of the South. But the South was the one where it's supplying the raw goods. Um, Can we talk about what is the North and what is the South really yeah, quickly? Yeah. 
So this is like a really hard question for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And usually if you stick to the Mason-Dixon line and you stick to who was Confederate and who is not, you're good, right? But like right. that's how I that's how I do it. But I, I I think that is is kind of um, cheapening uh, how people who are within that realm view it. So mm -hmm. if you say the South in, in today, you pretty much mean the states who fought in the Civil War on the Confederate side, mm -hmm. but like. A lot of people don't consider West Virginia to be, like, yeah. a northern state. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I live in Indiana, and Indiana is, let me tell you, when I think of what the South is, and I'm from South Carolina, it looks a lot like fucking Indiana, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what it looks like. It just so happens that Indiana is pretty far up there, and they fought for the union and they fought maybe the hardest for the union um but like the, the definition i don't think it's 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 not healthy to define it as the north versus the south anymore mm -hmm. i think we should really talk about it as the union versus the confederacy mm -hmm. because when you're in school in south yeah, carolina as a kid and they're saying it's the north versus the south you cannot help but have sympathy and empathy for the south because that's where you're from that's your right, home exactly. but ideologically of course you want the, the the north to win right yeah of course you don't think slavery is good you think that the union should be preserved but you the back of your head just kind of like screams doesn't it like well and i think that's where a lot of we, we get a lot of problems from today is that it's just this dichotomy of it's you know southern independence and southern rights but like south bad north good right and it's like but people don't understand it's like the confederacy isn't the south and the south isn't the confederacy it's a it's a difference it, it's yeah. different it's like you I know like that it's you you can't the two aren't equal to each other the two aren't the same thing uh you can't define them as each other because and just like you can't define the north as the the union and the union as the north it's two different things. And I mean, that's also because time has changed who we are as a people. And it's, you know, it's influenced the, the like, we got to remember the Civil War was, you know, what, like 150 years ago now? Yeah, a long time. It was a long time ago. I mean, it was eight, you know, 861. We just had the 150. Yeah, we just had the yeah. 150th anniversary. So, like... America has a, as a whole has changed not only its political ideas and its moral and social ideas, but also in like the spread of people. And you know, the South is no longer uh, widely considered like like the bread or like the farming area of the, of the United States, which also is a is a misconception because the North farmed just as much as the South Can in terms say... of, some, of some crops. Yeah. Along those lines, you know what has always really pissed me off? What? Is the phrase, the South will rise again, okay? Yeah. So, like, I, I accept the idea um, that during Reconstruction and pretty much into the 1960s that the former um, Confederate States of America were pretty fucking poor. They didn't have a lot going for them. Yeah. Um, and, and this notion of saying, like, the South will rise again is kind of like a group call saying that, like, we'll pick ourselves back up and we'll become economically and socially, like, viable again, that's a real nice thing. But when you're talking about this kind of, like, uh, neo-confederate nationalism mm -hmm. that comes with that, oh, that makes me so furious because the South isn't the Confederacy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't say the South will rise again. Say your racist idealism of what the South was during the Confederate States of America will rise again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you made a joke last ep or episode four about institutionalized racism living in the South. It's not a joke. It's not a joke, and like, but I, there's institutionalized racism everywhere. Oh uh, yeah, there is institutionalized racism over there. But I think. The reason for that is because we live in an area with a large African-American population. Like, when we our high school we went to together 
are what would you say like 50 50 just um, about or like 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 if it, 40 if it, 40 or 45 45 like 50, okay so if it wasn't like 50 50 uh it was like so close that there wasn't like a a like visible majority do you right. know what i mean like our school was pretty um racially mixed and like um i'm not trying to say anything but like um like I grew up in the South as a Jew, and, and that puts you in like a minority position standpoint to like look at it from that way. Yeah. And like I think our high school was pretty ethnically diverse, you know. It was. Two of my best friends in high school were from Saudi Arabia and from Burma. You know. Yeah. Um, no, it definitely. I think we live in a, and we were lucky to live in a city that was racially diverse. Yeah, I don't think some parts of South Carolina. <laughs> well, they aren't, and I mean, I think that's the thing is like, when in, in reality, African Americans only make up eighteen percent of the U.S. population. Yeah, and I think a well, that's lot because there's places like Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the thing is like, it's because there, and this is just the way that, you know, our country, like the fact that the the racist ideas and segregation. Uh, continued on through the 19... I mean, we're still dealing with it, but hardcore through the 70s. Like Jim Crow and stuff? Yeah, I mean, Jim Crow continued on well through the 70s. And, like, the fact, if you think about that for a second, let's say the 1980s on, that's only 30 years, you know, 30 years post-Jim Crow. And, like, that's insane. And so it makes sense that you have like pockets of african-american populations right so like are your cities and um you know like southern towns and things like that some southern towns so a lot of people are surprised who live there when they find out that african-americans only make up about 18 percent of the population um i can't i can't remember where i was going with this point i was going somewhere well you know that that goes back to like the the ideas of like the great migration and, and sort of like hereditary um post emancipation um economics yeah so you have all these um former slaves they're not very skilled in um you know anything besides Besides what what they've been doing right and you have it's a damn shame but you have these former slave owners these big plantations and they still need their crops picked and uh, a lot of these slaves just hung around you know what i mean and 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 you see it a lot in charleston where these traditionally um you know black neighborhoods or or black settlement areas are right outside like historic plantations and such like that and um you know that you know they moved away from the rust belt they came to the sun belt god you love that sun you love that vitamin d Oh, I'm so glad it's over with for right now, though. Let me tell you, because uh, it was sweaty here. It's, yeah. It's been sweaty here for a while. But, um, so, like, you see these populations um, of, of, like, African-Americans and African-American popular culture is, like, flourishing and blooming in, the, in these places. We have the Gullah Geechee. Yeah. Um you know, culture in Charleston, uh-huh. which is like so rich and so deep and, and so old. And, uh, it's like very pervasive around here, you but know? it's embraced by like everybody. I think like, I don't want to say it's embraced by everybody, but by I think everybody's, everybody's aware of it and yeah. everybody, um, has an understanding of its history. Right. You know, like I, if they don't respect it, then they are at least, uh, tolerant of it, I would yeah. say. Um, but you know, South Carolina, like no offense, it's one of the more racist states, blatantly, and like that's something we all have to work on. Mm-hmm. And it's not just against blacks, it's not just against Jews, it's not just against Asians or or uh, you know Hispanic people. It's it's just because like it's just the way it's always been. I yeah, guess. Uh, but... it's it's hard to break those traditions and I of ideas when we're presenting the civil war south versus north right so that that's really where my main beef thank you for pulling us back yeah 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 yeah. that's really (laughs) where my main beef with us calling it the north versus south because yes okay like geographically 
the Union was in the North, and the Confederacy was in the South. But without trying to sound too hippie about it, the Confederacy was more of a state of mind. Yeah. And the Union well, was it was, more it was of a the state ideas. of mind. Right. Yeah, it was the ideas. And, like, because by calling it South versus North, all you're doing is making is is making it a modern, right? So if you say it's South versus North, that makes it seem like the ideas that the South, that, I mean, that the Confederacy held are still applicable today when they're not. And so, I mean... Hopefully not. Uh, to some people they are. But for, like, that's the thing, though. It's like you build this idea when we teach these kids, when we teach our students that there was a war of South versus North, we make them, we make them automatically side with the South because that's where... They're from. they're from and same thing with the north when it's like you have to look at this from from like the outside looking in you can't get involved emotionally and, and i know that nobody really wins war and everybody loses war and it's right. really poetic but if you teach it in a way that the south didn't technically lose the war but america won that war right the united states won that war then i think it would be a lot more uh, conducive to these new modern modern feelings of of being American instead of being a Southerner. Right. Exactly. And I mean, because like much like it is in Italy, if you ask where someone what somebody is, they say they're Sicilian. Mm-hmm. They say they're you know whatever they are Venetian. Yeah. You know, most people while they are Americans, the United States citizens, you know. A lot of us are Southerners, and I don't have a problem identifying as a Southerner because I love the United States South. I think the Northeast is too fucking cold. People are too goddamn rude. The they food, are rude. The food's shitty. They move way too fast. They move too. way too goddamn Holy crap, fast. Dude. Slow the fuck down, Seriously, man. like enjoy yourself for ten minutes. Good lord. No, and I like being a Southerner, but that comes with a lot of historical baggage because of the way the Civil War is taught nowadays. Yeah, and how I don't want to perceive ex- you. And I don't want to accept that because of a geographical location that I was born in that I had zero power to determine myself. Yeah. You know. And I mean, I think we're a country based on stereotypes. Where if you if you're up in New Jersey and you say you're from the South, they automatically think you're a hick redneck who like sleeps with their cousin, and it's like no, yeah, we're college yeah. educated like, pe- I'm college educated, damn it. We have degrees, and she's my second cousin, damn it, damn it. <laughs> no, but like it's like it's but they don't understand. It's like if you come to like Charleston, it's like that's not the case at all. Charleston is like. I've been in some hick-ass places in New York State. Yeah, yeah. I've been in some hick-ass places in Pennsylvania. But nobody says those places are Southern. Well, and like... Nobody there yeah. says yeah. Pennsylvania <laughs> is fucking a Southern place. But at the same time, we have preconceived notions. If someone says they're from New Jersey, everyone down in the South automatically rolls their eyes. Because it's like, oh, you're from New Jersey. Uh. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true as well. And I guess so, that's a negative thing. Yeah, and it's on. like... Now it's like if someone says they're come from Colorado, you're just like, hey, let me check your eyes. They seem yeah. a little red. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, the altitude makes it hard to breathe. Yeah, right, there, right. You know, you're coughing, coughing a lot. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> your lungs have to work extra hard. Yeah, but so I think, I mean, that's just like the the that comes with the territory of living with in a very large country. Um, God, is this a big fucking country? It's freaking huge. Not only man. is this a big fucking country. This is the biggest fucking country, excuse me, this is the biggest country where, like, you can live in all of it. So, what are the other really big countries? You got Russia. You know where all the Russians live? In 5% of Russia. Yeah. Canada. Canada. You know where all the Canadians live? On the border with the United States. Yeah. You know where all the Americans live? Wherever the fuck they want, because America is... So vast, but also so livable. Yeah, and I mean, there's arguments to be made. You know what? I'm not even going to go down that path. But I think what we should talk about now is the fact that the Civil War was, in fact, a result of slavery. The Civil War... Is this still an argument? But I think... I, I, I know people who are like, the Civil War wasn't about slavery. It's like, uh, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> it was. Okay, so... <laughs> The Civil War was about states' rights versus federal rights, right? What was the state right about, though, Dave? It's about owning slaves. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. And that, like, okay, so there's tons of arguments, and I think that if you have two sides that are 
really um, passionate about what they believe, you should sit down and listen to both sides. Yeah. So some of the arguments for the side that says the Civil War was not about slavery is that um, the majority of soldiers and military leaders in in the Confederate States, um, they did not have slaves. Something like 1% of the population of the Confederacy were slave owners. That may be true. And they might have been defending their home, but their homes relied on economic systems set in place by the institution of slavery. Okay? So even though you may not have slaves, you are protecting the right of other people to have slaves... So that the economic process that dominated the, the Confederacy uh, could prolong itself. Right. Um, fun fact. Did you know that the serfs in Russia were given freedom before the slaves in the United States? Yeah. I mean, granted... Russia. Granted, Russia had feudalism up until, like, the 1850s Fucking or something like that. Russia beat us, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty, like, it's, it's fucked up when, I can't even remember, I'm just like, it, it makes me angry that people can try to defend the actions of, of the South when it was, you're taking a human life and claiming that it's property, but it just makes me mad, but, uh, well, you know, uh, I think that the whole modern uh, problems we have today is the perception of what the Confederacy was and is, and that it was whites versus blacks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, listen, white people today, I'm sorry everybody listening, white people today <clears throat> take no responsibility for slavery. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry if you listen to this podcast, that's something you have to expect. We are not guilty for the sins of the past, okay? There are more slaves today than there have ever been. In the African country of Mauritania, which is an African country, (laughs) than there were ever slaves in the South or the Confederacy or in the North through all throughout all of the United States history. That's just something you're going to accept, okay? But when you look at it as uh, they were people fighting and not white people or black people or whatever people, and you really see the narrative of the Civil War and the tragic narrative that that played out of it, that's when you can start to really begin to empathize, I think, with everybody, okay? So... This one person I want to talk about who's actually one of my historical heroes, and it's hard to talk about this person in that context because of how history deals with him. It's Robert E. Lee, okay? Mm -hmm. So Robert E. Lee is maybe one of the greatest military leaders that the United States has ever produced Mm -hmm. behind maybe Patton and Eisenhower, okay? Talking about U.S. military? Yeah, U.S. military. Um, He was originally going to be the commander of the Union forces, but his home of Virginia seceded. That's something he had no control over. Robert E. Lee wasn't fighting so that he could have slaves. He was fighting to protect his home state of Virginia. And right. when you start to see these individual stories in the context that they actually were meant, you can stop vilifying and heroing, which is now a word, <laughs> every person in the Civil War, okay? Yeah. Like, Ulysses S. Grant won the Civil War. That's fucking awesome. The you know you very good thing. The, the union needed to win that yeah. war. Uh, I wouldn't be here if the union didn't win that war. Right. My grandfather is black. <laughs> um, <laughs> surprise, everyone listening. That's a true fact. Uh, but 
he was not the same kind of leader that Robert E. Lee was, and that's that's a fact. Mm-hmm. He was a horrible president, filled with a corrupt tenure in office. He was yeah, an alcoholic. Grant really was kind of a fucked up president. Grant wasn't was a he? really bad president. <laughs> Maybe we need to have an episode just about Grant. Let's have a bad presidents episode. Yeah, I'm down for I that. I want to talk about um, that goddamn Muslim in office, <laughs> Obama. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would talk about Franklin Pierce. <laughs> but uh, like you know, Grant, he took home the glory. And, you know, he did it. Good job, Grant. But, like, in an even tide, in an even war, with the wind blowing in both directions, Robert E. Lee, as a military strategist, would have wiped the floor with Ulysses S. Grant. I agree with you. And history treats him the same way we treat Erwin Rommel. And, you know, Rommel was a Nazi. And I have zero sympathy for anyone Anyone who who wears the swastika. And, uh... But I can still appreciate him as a military mind, and uh, but that that comes with losing your bias when studying history, which is important. And I think that's like one of our main goals with what we're doing here. We don't like, talk about good history, though, Stephen. We, we don't. We talk about true. bad. We talk about bad history. history. Fucking bad history. Uh, but it's not. It's about looking at history from multiple angles and i think that's someone that's what separates someone who is a historian and someone who likes history is being able to look at a historical event and understand how it came to be what it affected and being able to interpret it from all angles and like i think that's the confederate or the confederate war the the civil war is one of those events it's important to do that and it's so weird how we give like passing treatment to some but not others and it probably has something to do with time but like we look at the spartans and we you know heroicize them and they we were, give them sort of a mythical standing yeah they were the they were assholes they were the stalinists of the day you know they were super elitists they killed everyone Every, who oh, was like yeah. different or not suitable uh, they had slaves, despite what, you know, Zack Snyder would have you believe in the film 300. And, and, and we do that with a bunch of military leaders of the past. We talk yeah. about Chinggis Khan, how fucking badass he was, right? You know what Chinggis Khan he did? He killed millions of he people. He wiped out, what, 10% of the population of, of mainland Asia? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I guess maybe it'll be time before the greater public starts taking into account the personal narratives of the soldiers in yeah. the Civil War. And I, mean, I think that's one big thing to understand, is that what this what the Confederacy stood for was awful. Because you know, they, they stood for slavery. Disclaimer, Stephen and I both fucking think that the Union... Should have won. Yeah. Thank God they Thank won. Thank God they won. Because we do like, not support the Confederacy. No. We are from the South. We try to give unbiased history, but God are we happy yeah. that the Confederacy <laughs> look, look, lost. I, I mean, there's a really, really funny uh, docu, or not docudrama, really funny, uh, it's a mockumentary. It's called The Confederate States of America. And uh, Is it like if they won? It's, it's, a do- like it's a documentary. It's like a faux history channel documentary about the history of the confederate states of america and i take the assumption that they won and it's like really it's really funny but like really scary at the same time because you're like holy shit this could have probably actually happened Dude, and like man on the high tower by uh uh polk or whatever his name is Do you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. the guy who wrote um the blade runner book okay he also wrote a book um it's really good. I haven't read this book in a really long time. It was when I was in my Tom Clancy phase. Mm-hmm. It's about if the Nazis won in 1947, and it's set like 15 or 20 years after that. And Is there's it, two major powers. It's like Japan and Japan. Okay, and Nazi they, they made a Amazon is making it or made a. Uh, a show about it really yeah and it's like that's the, it's awesome like the, the Nazi- that's a good book dude. yeah the nazis control the east and japan controls the west and there's like the badlands in the middle of the united states philip k dick is that his name the guy who 
who wrote do robots dream of, of, of uh, mechanical electric, sheep? Electric sheep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, do robots dream of electric sheep? Pour me some more. Uh, yeah, 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 dude. We're making, my, a, we're my, making a dent in this bottle. My glass is getting dry. Um, like my mouth. <laughs> Keep it going. Keep it going. But what we... That's a good Okay, point. there we go. Um, but I think our biggest point is that what the Confederacy stood for, we don't agree with, and we're glad they lost. But the people who fought in the Confederacy, a lot of them were fighting because they were told to, and a lot of them were fighting because they felt like they had to. And I think that's what's important to understand, is that, um, you know, we don't support what they did, we don't agree at all with what they did, but we have to, you have to respect and understand the people who fought because they felt like it was their responsibility to fight because of their home. At the same time, though, that doesn't mean that you should say the South will rise again, and you shouldn't say like, Dude, you know, I hate that that's phrase like because you're not. It's like so much. It's like no, like it's like it's like ugh, it's so frustrating because it's like the man in the high castle. The man in the high castle. That's the name of the book, and it's Philip K. Dick. And right. the other one is called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Mm-hmm. Read that fucking book, people. It's so good. I guess there's a show coming out. I will watch it. I'll subscribe to Hulu. I'll subscribe to another fucking thing because uh, the cable company won't get another goddamn penny of mine. <laughs> you don't need it. If you got Netflix and HBO Go, you don't need it. Oh, I'm. I don't. We don't have cable. We don't have cable. We got Netflix. We got HBO. I guess I got Amazon Prime because I'm a student, or I was a student, mm-hmm. and then I guess I'm getting Hulu, because that's a good book. Oh, it's Amazon Prime. That's on there. Is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Amazon Prime's making it. I think it's already out. Is it? Or at least the first episode. I'll check it out. Yeah. It looked okay. It looked kind of uh, campy. Looks a little campy. Looks a little campy? You know, it's a little, like I said, it was during my Tom Camp Clancy phase. Mm-hmm. Right. Red Rabbit. <laughs> I never... I didn't read any Tom Clancy books. Some good shit. Is it? Yeah. Is it, though? Yeah. Okay, so I think the... Um, the Jack Ryan books are pretty good. You got Hunt for Red October. This is nothing to do with the Civil War. Okay, <laughs> so... Um, another topic I want to talk about in the Civil War. Alright. So... The Civil War is pretty much the most important event in America's history. Do you think? Um, Besides maybe like the American Revolution. The most important event in America's to history? Am- to modern America's history, the Civil War is like the most important thing. Yes. And that it's, I'll agree with that. It's criminally undertaught, despite that. Well, and let me tell you why it's criminally undertaught, Dave. As someone who is going into the education field. Let me hear it. So, we teach the American Civil War from, like, from like every year. Well, not every We teach it in fourth grade. I'm pretty sure we teach it in fifth grade. We teach it in eighth grade. We teach it in uh, definitely 11th grade. And we'll, we talk about it in 12th grade. So that's five years, and that's not that's 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 almost that's like guaranteed. That doesn't mean like you know, if we took if you took a world history class or something like that, or even a European history class, you may talk about it. That's another in like two years, but at least five years. Rarely do events in his, like historical events get talked about that much. World War Two is an exception. Um, you that's because it's like new. Yeah, and we've got a lot of more information but about it. You know, rarely is that much stuff talked about. So because of that, it's under it's assumed that they or that students already know enough about it, so it's not taught as much. Like, let me give you an example. Let's hear it. I uh, this was my junior year of, of college. Yep, and I was taking one of my education classes was uh. I was uh, interning in a in a in a class, and I had to teach a lesson. Like like one of the, part of the part of the class was I had to teach one full lesson, and my lesson I had to teach was the whole entire Civil War in one hour and a half class. Oh my fucking! God. And I did it, and I did it. Did you but just it was, have to take a shower afterward? Yeah, <laughs> it was the most watered down. Like I just like you had you just I just hit the main points. 
hit the main battles and I hit the main points. Slavery and, bad and Tidum good. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, and like it's the thing is like you you hit the main points and you get out and it's like I go look wherever you are, just type in um you know whatever like whatever state you're in uh standards for social studies so like south carolina if like for south carolina you do south carolina state standards for social studies and it will give you not fair because we have the lowest standards of education actually no our um our our social studies standards were giving we're given an award for diversity oh really yeah That's it's impressive yeah way to go south carolina our standards are actually like pretty decent but if look at any state standards and look at how how little time is given to Civil War, World War One, World War Two, um, mod like super modern. I'm talking last thirty years modern history. You'll it's like it's awful. It's awful how little time is given to them because we talk about bullshit other things. Do you want to know? Like I don't because okay, like American history. Although I know a, bit, a lot about it because I'm from the United States, it's not my forte. I didn't study it once in, in college. The only time I really remember learning about the United States Civil War was in AP US, US history, history. And that was junior year. Mm-hmm. Before that, I felt like I wasn't learning as much as I was like... Being talked at? Being talked at. Yeah. Being told things I already knew. And it's I'm not saying like, Everybody knew what I knew because, you know, I was, like, a historically conscious kid. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, I wasn't learning about it. I wasn't learning about it. We went to Fort Sumter on a field trip. Look at this fucking amazing resource we have living in Charleston. Uh, We just were left on our own to fucking hang out and climb all over the goddamn cannibals the entire time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I didn't learn a goddamn thing on that. I learned about the girl I liked at the time, probably, and then yeah. I wanted to, like, hold her hand and be awkward because yeah. we were, like, 12. Yeah, that was the extent of that field trip. Yeah. Way to go, people who use this amazing resource, uh, you know, to their advantage to teach students. You right. failed. Right, and that's the thing. is like, people don't understand is, like, you maybe taught that technically, all those years, but you don't remember it. You don't learn it. Yeah, you don't learn it. There's a difference between taught and learn. Exactly. Know? You cram for a test the day before. You pass the test with an A. You and then you forget anything. it. You didn't learn anything. Yep. Um, let's talk about a positive side of the okay. Civil War. Because this has been a real negative history out. And I like this podcast to be fun. And funny. And funny. And it just hasn't been a very humorous episode. I like it to be... uh, I think we're both kind of tired. No, I'm fucking awake. You're awake? Are you tired? I've just got like... I had a headache and I was like super full. I had some pad thai for dinner. It was delicious. Yeah, we're staying up late tonight. Yeah, we're probably gonna... we, We... um, so... This is the first time I got to see Steven in the flesh in a long time. I'm gonna fucking make it count. So, what happens is... Dave and I, we may see each other, um, but rarely do we have opportunities to, like, spend long, like, long periods of time together where we can just, like, not... Yeah. <laughs> we we're to spend long periods of time together, like, not actually, like, having things to do. And so, when we, we take advantage of those opportunities, like, tonight we're going to stay up late, probably finish this bottle of Kentucky Gentleman and, like, watch some, like, really bad movies. Dude. Tremors 5. Yeah, oh, we gotta watch Tremors 5. Okay. We're watching it after this so episode. So you guys may have caught this, but Stephen and I are huge horror movie fans. Like, bad horror movies fans. Like, not even, like, bad horror movies, but horror movies that aren't trying too hard. Yeah. Because there are bad horror movies that are trying to be good horror yeah. movies. Um, and between Stephen and I, we will fuck your shit up in a trivia game with horror movies is the subject. Yeah, I, I've got a fuck your I've shit I've got up. a really good memory for that kind of shit. Fuck your shit up. And one of our favorite um, series is Tremors. I love... I've seen every... I've seen I've seen four. It was bad. We watched four together. You and I 
have not only seen all of them multiple times, we've sat down and watched them all together. I'm pretty sure we have. We, I'm almost positive we have. Four is definitely the worst one. Well, yeah, four is just bad. And because it's like cowboys and set in the past and graboids. Blah. Wow, I just want Professor Frank there. <laughs> <laughs> cowboys in the past. <laughs> graboids. <laughs> with the graboids. Uh, but uh, the fifth one, Return to Form. We got everybody's favorite returning character. Bert. Fucking Bert is back, baby. And although the actor played, like, Bert's ancestor in the fourth one or whatever. It, oh, like, my God, he did. It, it's not the same. I want Bert with, like, big guns. And, and big glasses. And big glasses. Big sunglasses. And, and, his, and his hat. I want, him, I want him hiding in the fucking, <laughs> like, front loader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Where he's like, yeah. And oh, the tongues God. are, like, licking for him as yeah. they're on top of the roof. That okay. The first movie is actually like a really good movie. Now that I'm thinking about it, the first movie is a fucking really good movie. Like on like, its own. On its own, it's a really good. The second movie is less good, but for fans, it's still a good movie. The third movie was okay. I enjoy the third movie. I like the third movie too, but the fourth movie is not good. The third movie was the Burt standalone as well. Yeah. Well, the second one was Burt, and then the uh, other dude. It was Burt, and uh, it was no, it was uh, it was Burt. It was uh. Guy with beard and then new guy. No long hair guy. What's long hair guy's name? What? Kevin Bacon had long hair in the first one. No, the second. It's a different guy. And in... it's a it's a different guy. Because remember, uh, not Kevin Bacon is wrangling Oscar. Oh, that's right. And, like <laughs> that's yeah. right. Anyway, um, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> we probably do. We've actually. This is, we've been talking about this long. Okay. So yeah. we're talking about positives. Let's talk about some positives about the Civil War. Okay. Yeah. So the Civil War gave us a lot of really good things. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it really redefined the United States it as did. a nation for a positive. Um, we really became one nation afterward. You know, when, when we signed the Declaration of Independence, we fought tooth and nails as colonies against each other. Who was going to sign? Who was yeah. not going to sign? Who supported uh, leaving the crown? Who didn't? And, and and these states were were pretty much individual territories at this point, right? right? So when the Confederacy broke off, it was really natural for individual states to make up their own mind to join or not to join. Like it, it was up to the states. Mm-hmm. But the federal unit of the United States of America. Despite your political beliefs, despite if you think big government's good or bad, or if states' rights are good or is good or bad, we adopted a new identity. Yeah. Following the the United States Civil War, following the United States Civil War, we became Americans. I agree. We aren't South mm-hmm. Carolinians. We weren't North Carolinians. We weren't Georgians. We weren't Virginians. Everybody was a goddamn Virginian. We were American. Yeah. And for that, and the unity that the union gave us, I say, thank God. Yeah. Because if the Civil War didn't happen then, it would have happened eventually. Slavery, over that, at that moment, it would have happened later over something else. Right? I totally agree. And I think, uh, on top of that, I mean, it really helped that the, the Industrial Revolution really helped as well within terms of unifying us with the use of railroads, the use of, uh, you know, it's just easier to communicate with each other. But I agree, the Civil War redefined who we were as Americans. And I think that was the thing is like, it t- it usually, in the course of history, if you look, stuff doesn't preemptively happen. Like, we don't preemptively take care of stuff. It takes oh God, no. It takes a big event and a big catastrophe to say, "All right, we probably need to take care of this problem," and that's what the Civil War did. It, 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 you know, it took care. It's it really brought to the forefront the idea that we are not a unified nation, and like, how do we become a unified nation? So I think that Civil War that is definitely one good that came out of the Civil War was unifying us. Yeah, and and like through the darkness and through the death and through the. The worst part and the the saddest moment in America's history. If you can find some positive, then then you're doing a good job yeah. with history because it's really easy to be cynical and to say the Civil War was the greatest catastrophe that the United States has ever 
encountered, and it might possibly have been. But when you look at what we are now, you know, you got to yeah. look at some of the good. And I think with that, we're going to wrap up our first episode of History Hangouts. I think that we will. I want to say really quick that uh, at the day of us recording this, um, some terrorist attacks happened in Paris yeah. that the full details have not been totally revealed. We're, we're still getting information coming in about it. But everybody over there, we have some listeners in England and uh, that's real close over there. Our thoughts are with you. And yeah. we hope that whoever caused these bombings and shootings are brought to speedy justice. Yeah, honest, seriously. My name's Dave. I'm Steven. Thanks for hanging out with us on mm. Bad History. History Hangouts. Thanks, guys. We'll, we'll catch you next time. And so ends the first episode of History Hangouts. Dave and Steven did stay up late into the night, drinking cheap bourbon and watching Tremors 5. It was okay. Be sure to subscribe to Bad History on iTunes, and also leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode. It really does help us out. Also, we're on SoundCloud at Bad History Podcast. You can subscribe to us there and also check out all of the episodes. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook, it's at Bad History Podcast, and Twitter, it's Bad History Cast. If you have any questions or have some requests for the show, you can just email us at badhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of Bad History History Hangouts.